0: Hello friends, this is an Apple Music interview version of the world-famous Emo Dad podcast. What does this mean? No music. Why? Apple doesn't let us play songs. Does it sound a bit weird when we introduce a song and nothing happens? Meh. But, you know, you still get the conversation and all the good times. For the full version, switch on over to Spotify and search Emo Dad. Thanks and enjoy the episode. Uh, yes boss that makes sense
1: mm, yes boss why did everyone start calling me boss lately <laughs> My bossy <laughs> <laughs> i think it's just your vibe in the universe yeah i just can't be asked to like
0: fuck around <laughs> fuck around anymore all right hang on one sec i want to go get myself a drink before he turns up in two minutes i'll be one second all right
1: Hello and welcome to another episode of the Emo Dad podcast. My name is Matt. My name is James. And we are super excited because we were joined for today's episode by Jimmy Wizard of the band Higher Power. If you don't know them, you will do very soon. This is Passenger by Higher Power. Okay, Jimmy Wizard from Higher Power. How are you doing, mate?
2: I'm very good, thank you. Uh, just got back from tour. Yes. I've caught up on sleep, so...
1: Yes. Is, is it as ready. exhausting as it looks?
2: Yeah, it was really tiring. And I was sick for the whole tour, so it wasn't like... Not, it's weird. I started off the tour in the worst condition and ended it feeling good because I got over my sickness by the end of the tour but still after a tour you still need like two days to sleep um, yeah right and just back to reality so
1: we, we were just literally before we uh before you came on me and James were moaning about how old and rubbish we are and that we can't hack like even just like two nights out in a week not alone in a row yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, Dude. I don't know how you do it man <laughs> it's 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 hard
2: yeah like I'm 30 now so it's definitely like I'm still young but it's at that point where you need to stretch every day and you do need to fucking to try and get eight hours sleep. Um, then you'll be feeling just like, okay, you know, you just <laughs> like, it's <laughs> enough. Like That's enough. I'm okay. Like there's never, a, you're never going to feel perfect on tour. Yeah. So,
1: right. Well, we'll, uh, we'll come back to, we'll ask you a bit about the tour in a bit, but, yeah. um, we want to start by, by taking you right back to the, to the early days, um, and ask you, what's your kind of earliest memories of music?
2: earliest memories of music is like my dad was super into music mainly metal
1: nice okay um
2: nice. yeah the two songs that really stick out to me from like being younger that my first ever music i heard was Ozzy osborne um that song perry mason okay dad would blast that in the car a lot and also david lee roth just like living in paradise yes those are the two (laughs) songs with choruses that like resonate like stuck with me that when they came on in the car I would sing along to them so yeah that's like my earliest memory and yeah like I said my dad was into like loads of really he's like super big Metallica fan and all of that stuff so yeah I was exposed to metal from the beginning I guess right from the off metal and classic rock yeah right from the off Um, nice yeah, and like, my mum was really my mom was really into, like, Alanis Morissette. I'm sure she's into other bands, like The Jam and whatever, but I really remember her singing, like, Alanis Morissette when it would come on the car and the radio, and, and it would kind of scare me a bit for some reason. I can't put my finger on why. I was usually, like, a bit embarrassed about it because she was really into it. But, yeah, those are my two earliest musical memories for sure I
1: think I think they're pretty good to be honest I, I think yeah, I would dude. I would take them um and what kind of music were you were you kind of uh into when you first kind of found your own way was it straight into the kind of metal stuff or
2: yeah I guess like, like I said it, it went straight from like I only knew what metal was because that's all my my dad listened to yeah. Like that's the only music I was kind of really exposed to as a kid and then I went straight from that to being like you know, straight into reading Kerrang because that's what that was always around the house. Then I like got really then I started watching Kerrang and Scars and all that stuff. And I, I got re- I got more into punk. Like I remember the first ever album I got that was like off my own accord that I was like, wow, this is sick, was two, it was Rancid, Outcome the Wolves, and Nirvana, never So those okay. were my two, like, you know, I I was a lot more into like. The punk side of things when I was younger, and then like like I said, Blink One Eighty Two was really blowing up around then, all over the radio. So I, I really liked that. I guess metal was kind of like a dad thing to me. Um, but saying that, I did, I loved new metal. Do you know what I mean? I loved new metal a lot. Oh uh,
1: like, yeah, let's talk about new metal for a minute. Yeah. What what new metal did you like?
2: <laughs> Dude, I, I just like obviously just like Limp Biscuit, Linkin yeah. Park, like fucking. I feel like I also had like Spine Shanks. It's their first yes. album and the, the first two albums, Spineshank, were like my fucking two of my favorites. I remember getting them. I, I had quite an eclectic mix of that time. It was like, you know, I remember also getting New Found Glory self-titled album yeah. along with a Spineshank album. Um, also randomly a Robbie Williams album at the same time <laughs> as I got a Linkin Park album. Um, yeah, so like that. You know, it was very off the time, you know, was, like I said, I was, it was all of the stuff. When I first started getting into my own music it was all very like what was played on Kerrang! on Scars. And then I'd just buy those albums off the band. But I think I definitely lent more towards punk than anything. Like, like I said, metal was quite like, me wasn't like... To like fuss on that until you know I got older and could appreciate things for what they are. So uh, yeah, like I said, punk favorite like Pennywise. I fucking loved Pennywise. Uh, a lot of skate videos. I remember one of the first ever skate songs I ever heard was in on a four one one VM skate video. It's like a VHS, and it had Perfect by Blink One Eighty Two on it, and Rock and Roll High School by the Ramones. Um and also and so I'm like about eight years old when I got this. Um, mm-hmm. and it had also Motley Crue shout the devil, which I kind of put in with that because it was very simple. But the singing was definitely different. But um, yeah, like I said, I, through like skate videos and stuff, I got more into like that whole California punk epitaph, ska punk as well, like all of that kind of sailing forward. <laughs>
1: Nice, my internet's gone a bit squiffy. oh You there, Matt? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everyone's frozen. In the basement. As can well. you guys see each other? No, he's in a. He's in a. Sh- he's in a
0: shed. It's not a shed. Yeah. He's in a sh- yeah. We're, yeah. We're here, Matt. He's in a shed, but he doesn't like me calling it shed. He likes. <laughs> yeah, he yeah. can hear you now. Yeah. It's a cabin.
1: Cabin, right, Matt? Cabin. cabin. Yeah. Yeah. Just give me a sec. <laughs> Bloody internet. Can you still hear me?
2: For a second to see if you're going to say more.
1: Oh, you're you all moving again oh. now.
2: Oh, hello.
1: Here he goes. You back? You back? You back. back? In That's time? Fine. Give me a sec. All right. Yeah. <laughs> fine. No, I think Is we're that good. That's what
0: proper interviewers do.
1: What?
2: Yeah. Right. Yeah. So yeah. Like yeah. I've had it. I think that's like an interview technique where they wait. They don't say anything, and they see because then you like might add on something else. Like, I can't remember what podcast I was listening to, but they were saying it like oh. about interview techniques. so yeah. All right. We, now we know. I
0: notice it. Yeah. We we know nothing. Yeah. We just talk. <laughs> <laughs> <Something> <laughs> we we're just talking yeah,
1: much. yeah. It's all good.
0: Uh,
1: uh, still freezing up a bit. Uh, um, Is it all okay? Right, you're you're in. back on track, Mr. Buck. No, not really. All right. I'm going yeah, to restart before... my internet. Yeah, yeah. Give, me a, give me a sec. You chat amongst yourselves. Do
0: you want? Maybe. Should oh, we? No. Oh, okay. We'll just, we'll just chat. All right. All good. We'll just chat. <laughs> just chat amongst yourselves for a minute. Don't skate say anything. Skate videos. Good, you though. skate, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah yeah
2: since, since I was about eight years old and yeah my i uh, sorry I will we'll just reminisce on my because I was like what what when did I get that when did I, f-? I remember first hearing it and like Blink-182 and Ramones and being like wow this is crazy and yeah I think it was like something like 98 it was when the video came out so um yeah that that was my that was my, like, uh, my thing. But I, I always assumed it was later on in my life, you know. So, right. I was like, man, eight years old. Like, I cannot remember anything from that time except for that, those two songs and that skate video. And, and just couldn't right. believe how fast it was. Yeah.
0: So. It's, um. It's funny, isn't it? Because I I, I found out about loads of bands through skate videos. And you forget what kind of like, I don't know, like a delivery or a promo thing it was for bands at that time. Yeah.
2: Like like there was this one blind video I had that was like loads of like kind of indie stuff that was like kind of like early Coldplay and Travis on the soundtracks where I think they were, it wasn't those, but bands that kind of sounded of that sound and a lot of the Blueprint, the UK videos, I had a lot of stuff like that and I didn't like it at the time. I was like, this is, this is like, you yeah. know, this is like shit. Like, but now I look back, I'm like, oh, that was actually really like quite good songs. But like uh, <laughs> at the time they just weren't hitting hard enough for me, you know, and I was like, why is they all? Gr- why did they listen to like grown up teacher music? You know, like, yeah. but now I look yeah, back, time. I'm like, I kind of like a lot of that stuff now. You know, I like the first Coldplay album really fucking good. Like, yeah, a lot of that kind of era of stuff now actually resonates with me a bit more, that I'm a bit more chilled out. <laughs> so.
0: Yeah, it's funny, isn't it, how, um, how as we get older, we get a bit more, like, less, certainly for me, less, like, worried about what other people think that I should or shouldn't be listening to.
2: Yeah, that's it, isn't it? You just get over that, <clears throat> any kind of preconception, and you're like, you're like, fuck it, I like this song. Like. Yeah no i love a ballad man i fucking love a good ballad <laughs> like i'm so into ballads and nowadays i'm just like fuck it yeah avenge sevenfold have some good ballads can't deny yeah. it can't deny it there are you know people that like, off oh, and for, it just comes up any of those clap like you know more mainstream metal bands like oh Avenged sevenfold is the worst shit and i'm like they're like going, I don't know, man. Got some good colors. Like, <laughs> I'm not going to. I can't deny it. Like, God, Guns of Roses fucking suck. And I'm like, I mean, like, November Rain. Is like yeah, man. Good song. I'm not going to pretend. I'm like, yeah, I actually love it. So, you know, it's funny. Same with me. Like, you're doing the Emo Dad podcast. I feel like Emo was, like, not cool for a long time. Especially because yep. I was really in, involved in, like, the hardcore scene. Right. That I, I, I love emo like so much like <laughs> all, like I'm one of those people that my music taste is like so I like something from every genre right you no know I mean like I, I I can find something in nearly all music that I like maybe except for like this current trend of like drum and bass or like dubstep mixed in with like radio rock metal that's really mm. not for me but I can find like in most genres of music I can find something that I think is good like because if a good song is a good song and I think like especially all you get I'm like fuck it's just a good song you know like yeah they might not be cool like but I like a bit of everything so it kind of like you know crosses I think I have a really open music taste but maybe I should be more selective sometimes but
0: I don't know, man. I think open is good. I'd love to be a bit more open. <laughs> I, like some, I like
2: some terrible bands, man. I like some terrible bands because they've just got catchy songs, and I can't deny it. So
0: uh... let's um, let's play a song. Let's do that, and then we can come back, get back on track. Now that Matt's okay. back with us, um, if we had to play like one song from that kind of like skate video influence period, what yeah. would you what would you pick? What, what, what should we listen to?
2: I'm just gonna I was just yeah straight up Blink one eight two Pathetic. I could not believe how fast it was when I first heard it and it stuck with me forever. Still one of my favorite songs. So let's all right. With that.
0: Well yeah, let's smash it. Uh, everyone, this is uh, Blink182 with Pathetic.
2: <laughs>
1: I think I think we're good now, aren't we? Connections all right.
0: Yeah, feels like, well, it was always fine for us, but I like, think <laughs> you're, you're back. Fuck you, man. Yeah,
2: man. You're letting us down, bro.
1: <laughs> I text my wife in the main house and I say, get off the bloody internet. <laughs> <laughs> main something. house. Look yeah. at you. The main Fucking house. Fuck yeah, yeah. towers. In the, um, the <laughs> East Wing.
2: Dude, I, I live in a base. I li- like So I have a basement. I have my own door in my own bathroom, my own kitchen down there. I also have access to the main house above because so that's where the internet's plugged in and stuff. So there's like, like I'm in the basement, there's a kitchen front room in the middle. And then there's a girl and a guy that live in the top two floors. And the internet is so bad where we live (laughs) that like, you know, it'll be like two in the morning. You'll be trying to watch something. It won't be working. And I'll go upstairs to go switch internet on and off. So that just seems to fix it and that's I'll it. always bump into the girl that lives in the top floor like that's our only real interactions like because we're both <laughs> going to restart the internet right like oh fuck it's you oh it's you like are you I'm watching a movie oh yeah same oh that's probably it then restart it and we both just go off to our different rooms again and <laughs>
1: that's
0: it <like>. love that
1: <laughs> right let's uh where was I (laughs) you had some good chat there though I reckon we'll keep we'll keep most of that in anyway so um tell us about higher power when did you guys get together and how did you get together
2: okay so I can't remember the exact date I'm gonna say it's maybe like six years ago now um I could google this maybe but (laughs) I'm so bad with dates but Higher Power got together because so I was doing my tattoo apprenticeship and playing in a couple of just like straightforward hardcore bands, you know, very much just like oh, we like this era, very niche era of New York hardcore. Let's write a demo that sounds like this, and it, that's all it would be, you know, a demo maybe a seven inch, and we did like you know the band I was in did like a U.S. tour, and then we just broke up, um, and that was like a cycle that I was in with bands, you know, rehash get a lot of hype from that because that's cool at the moment, break up. But I always had so many, I've always, like I said, I've, I've always listened to a lot, loads of music, Main, like, like like like, I said, my favorite songs are very melodic based. Like I'd always, I like, I'd grown up, like I said, like David Lee Roth, big choruses, like Ozzy Osbourne, fucking Metallica, like, you know, even the heavier stuff was catchy for me. Do you know what I mean? So um, so I'd just always been writing and had these ideas, but I'd never been like a leader. So I'd never been like, oh, let me, let me start a band and let me put my ideas forward and make people play my ideas and, and take control of something. So it's not really in my personality to be like that. So I'd always had ideas, but I'd never just put them out there. And I think as you get older, you just get, you know, you just... Get, I can't you get bored you want to find the next challenge and I guess yeah. that was it for me at that age I must have been about 24 25 um and like I said yeah I'd just be sick of these bands coming and going and not really like fulfilling my musical like need at that time and so I've been writing these songs on my own and then I'd, I was towering Ethan as an apprentice and I knew Ethan just through going to shows, our bass player. And I was telling him one day I'm going to do this band. Like, I'm going to do this band, and it's going to be like, we're going to have music videos and it's going to be like early roadrunner stuff. Like, you know, like, it's going to be like Biohazard and and like Life of Agony, but it's going to, we're going to do like music videos and it's going to be like very like off that time. We're going to push the boundary. I want to, I want to do stuff. I have these ideas. Like, and then, but I was also like, but I also want to have like big choruses and I want to bring in these other influences from like Glassjaw and shit. And Ethan just loving new Metal and Life of Agony was like, man, I have to be in this band when you do it. And I was like, yeah, I'll probably never happen, but these are my ideas. Like, was <laughs> like, no, no, you're going to do it. You're going to do it. That's so sick. I have to be involved when you do it. Maybe like two years pass. I fight, my brother moves up and he's like living on my sofa finally like he's also in the same kind of like musical like phase as me you know a lot of the same influences we're listening to a lot of the same shit and he's like yeah we have to do this like so eventually like we get it together to start me and my brother to start jamming some stuff um our old guitar player louis just happened to be there on one of the days we were jamming got hit wrote him in and uh Ethan heard about it and was like bro you said I could be in this I've uh, I was like the drumming position is gone because that was his that's his thing I was like yeah my brother drums I don't really I didn't really tell you because I don't know what you can do and he was like I will play bass I will learn bass literally turned up at my house having learned the demo on bass never never played bass in his life and he could nice. play it and I was like oh my god like me wow. like maybe I need to start taking myself a bit more seriously and like actually trying at things and like putting effort into things like so I was all right fuck it like yeah so we'd had we had like maybe like a free song demo recorded that me my brother and Louis me and my brother and Louie did. Ro- Ethan came round had already learned it because um it was sent amongst our group chat. Mm-hmm. Um, Max wanted to release it but also said we should play some shows and we roped him into playing guitar but he was initially like oh, I don't really want to play guitar in a band. I'll release it though, but I'll play for a couple shows. And that's all I thought it would be, you know, a couple shows just to show people what I could do if I really wanted to do it and to kind of like say like, Oh, like these are my ideas, but I never like, you know, and I've got them out there. Mm -hmm. Thanks for listening. You know, I didn't think it would go very far at all. And yeah, just kind of, it, it, it spiraled out of control, but more like it just, kind of opened up so many doors I was like oh I can do something oh okay like oh I can do this like oh okay like I should try harder like fuck I've I've been wasting my time being like passive for so long you know and I think it all just happened at the right time with this like awakening inside me and then like people being into it and then it just kind of spiraled from there and now it's now it is you know I've been like oh I, I really want to do this like I've been like I said I've been too I've been holding back for so long like so did you, you
1: sort of interrupt did you so you suddenly felt like you had like the confidence to to kind of go for it and just think fuck it I don't care you know what people think I'm just going to do what I want to do and
2: yeah that was it and it yeah. it was a mixture of that and a little bit of mixture of like I wanted to kind of like what's the word like I wasn't I wanted to like upset people in the sense that like. I didn't want them to like it because I was so sick of just like rehashing hardcore. And that was the circle I was in. Yep. And it was, I felt it was so narrow minded that I kind of almost wanted to do something that I thought they would hate. You know, that, like, <laughs> yeah, I like it. So
1: yeah, it's like,
2: yeah, it this big, perfect mix of like that pushed me to do it. And then actually like doing something and feeling achieved and, and then like made me want to do it more. And then, yeah like it's just the perfect time of all of that stuff man and like I wasn't meant to sing in it I had all these ideas for vocals and I've never been a singer I'm very I was very i I'm very tone deaf still to this day but I had these ideas and you know even that like even just being a singer by accident has kind of pushed it even further because it's like oh okay like you know like I don't think I sound good but maybe that maybe i'm putting myself down too much and it's you know Mm. it's it's yeah it's a perfect storm for these things sometimes isn't it
1: (laughs) let's play a higher power song then so there might be people listening that are not so familiar with your band so maybe we start with a song which you think kind of really sums up the band really well kind of the the sound that you guys have what what song would that be do you think
2: Okay, I'd go for, it's off the latest album, because I feel like that's where it's more come to the most fruition of what, where I've wanted to bring all these influences. Um, The song Shed In Skin, because it's, like, got the new metal intro. It's got the Alice in Chains kind of, like, little transition into the, the verse, which goes back to being kind of new metal, kind of sung then it's got like the big David and David Lee Roth chorus that was me actively <laughs> tick, trying to tick. yeah that was that song is actually me actively trying to write a chorus that sounded vaguely similar to living in paradise so and I and I like some random people have actually noticed it even though it's not that noticeable but that was the feeling I was trying to get so yeah I'd say that song encapsulates everything I was trying to bring to the table in a in a way that is like where i'm like okay i think we've kind of done it coherently there finally after all these years so yeah let's go for shedding skin
1: nice uh in that case let's all enjoy shedding skin by higher power
0: <laughs> so you so saw... no i'm not on mute i'm all good i'm a You're professional really i'm a radio professional yeah, bro, look at that
2: microphone. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: So you mentioned earlier that things got I can't remember the phrase you used was it things got mad or things got crazy quick
2: yeah they like spiraled out of control
0: spiraled like. out of control that's what that's what yeah so how what did that look like for you guys
2: um man it's crazy like it, for me personally it was like oh shit maybe i'm not ready to fully settle down and just be a having haven't, okay. haven't given this music thing a full go i've dabbled in it and I've got so much more to give okay fuck so that for me was like a transitional point where I was like you know and then the the first real thing I think was when Basement asked us to support them on their the UK tour nice and it was like I used to play in a band with uh Fisher the singer he used to fill in on, on guitar sometimes so I kind of knew him
0: mm-hmm.
2: like I literally knew him to the point where I was like he would come and play guitar for us and leave and I just knew him that way. Like we weren't particularly close. He had my number though, and he texts me like, "Hey man, are you around on these dates?" And I thought he was trying to book him for a tattoo. <laughs> um, I was sure. like, "Yeah, yeah, do you sure. want a tattoo?" And he was like, "Oh no, I just want w- would higher power be down to support us?" And I was like, "Oh yeah, on on what show?" Like just assuming it was one show. Right. He was like, "Oh no, no, like do you want to do this tour with us?" And I was like, "Oh fuck, like uh, yeah." Um, and it was like. You know, like, oh, who else is playing? Oh, it's just us two. And I was like, fuck, really? Okay, like, and they were a big band you right. know, at the time. Like, um, I like them. Like, I was like, oh, sick. Okay, like, fuck. So if a band that I kind of see as a big band is asking us to play with them, like, we must be doing something right. Like, this is super mm-hmm. cool. And like I said, I was going through that transition where I was like, fuck, I, okay, maybe I didn't give music a proper go. I'm not, I, just, I want to tattoo, I love it, but maybe I shouldn't just settle right now in my early 20s. Right. You know, like, okay, like, fuck it, let's go. And, and it just was like, you know, and then we got asked, I can't remember which way around it went, but we got asked to play a festival in America very, very early on as well. Um, okay. Which turned into being a tour with Angel Dust. So I think maybe our first nice. ever actual tour maybe we had the basement stuff booked already but the first ever tour we did was like in america with angel dust wow Um, yeah and it was like we went over to play united blood festival ended up doing a small tour of angel dust um all put together by justice the the singer and the guy like it's so sick and we were like fuck okay like and if you can just go to america like that automatically raises your status in the uk for some reason do you know what Mm -hmm. i mean if you can sure especially in art in the hardcore scene i was in if you could go to america like fuck they went to america and it was all of a sudden like they're and they're touring with basement and it's like people just started taking notice because we were being given these platforms that made us maybe seem a lot more bigger and legit than we were so maybe people (laughs) were like oh let's invest more time in this this isn't just a band with a demo like fuck okay cool there's a band to be excited about in the uk like that are doing things like right because in our world like i said in other worlds there was stuff going on but in in our scene in the leeds hardcore scene there really wasn't anything like that sure. happening and i could see all of our friends were like very proud of us and were, like stoked on it which mm-hmm. was super sick and, and so were we we were like fuck okay like if we if this is like we've got this opportunity let's like go for it because all all of us have all all we've all ever wanted to do is play music like Mm -hmm. you know we were a bit scared to say it or try it but once the the ball got rolling it was like oh fuck it this is this is exactly what we wanted to do like there's no more shying away from it like this is exactly everything we want to do and like I said it was like the America thing coming straight off the bat to the basement thing to you know to then Roadrunner like sniffing around and then it was just you know like spiraled really right like you know like like we didn't grow into a huge band we're still not you know what i mean sure we didn't suddenly go from being like oh we can sell out a venue or like oh we could headline this venue and you know we're we were we're still a small band in the grand scheme of things but the opportunities we were given were like this fuel that we needed you know that early on to just to just really push it and we were so lucky man that's you know yeah right, great it, right it, place it, right time like.
0: yeah i can feel i can totally imagine the confidence boost that, that must have given to get that attention
2: 100 percent, man yeah
0: um so recording your first record how did that come about
2: uh so we got asked so like i said we had a demo these mm-hmm. opportunities come our way we're like oh we need to do an lp oh we had a demo on a seven inch sorry Right, We're like, fuck, we really need an LP if we're going to be touring. Yeah. And we'd rushed everything up to that point. So, like, we weren't really that happy with it. We knew we could do better, start taking it more seriously. Like, record, before we go to America, we record two two songs that we have and we call it an LP promo, even though we don't have an LP at all or any ideas.
1: (laughs) But we call it an
2: LP promo. Nice. And that goes out and that cemented it in the world. We have to do an LP now. And these tours are getting offered to us. Um, So, yeah, we just start writing straight away. It's classic first LP. Everything's just flowing. Like, we don't know what we're doing. It's all just random (laughs) magic. Um, You know, like, I'm writing a lot. Louis's writing a lot. We're just mashing it together. Like, uh, we record with this guy called Misha in London because he was like the next step up from where the bands in these recorded. We were like, Oh, Misha's got like this and this, and oh, he's, he's done this record. And it wasn't right. even, it wasn't anything that special. He's a really <laughs> nice guy. We were a good studio, but it wasn't like, but for us, it was like, Oh, we're going to London to record for three days. You know, we got three days to do the LP. Like we've ne- I've every band I've been in was like go in and record live overdub vocals and solos in a day. Right. So like, you know, it's like, Oh, we got we've afforded three days to like
1: <laughs> big like, time like,
2: to record a whole LP like yeah meant like <laughs> we thought that was luxury you know um and yeah we just record it and could could like a UK label was gonna put it out and they kind of tried to fuck us over a bit mm. and then um yeah we then we, obviously we had the America connections, so flat spot this guy, Ricky, who plays in this band, Backtrack, um, who we all knew anyway, was he did flat spot records. And he was like, he heard, he, he'd he always ha- ha- had an interest and was asking. And then you kind of heard about this other label in the UK trying to rip us off. And was like, fuck it, dude, I'll do it. Don't take that deal. Like, that's <laughs> stupid. Like, you can, you can get so much better. And I was like, can we? And he was like, yeah, I'll right. do it. And I was like, right. Yeah, like a US label, like perfect. Like let's go. Like uh, so. Yeah, he signs us. He works for Roadrunner as well. So we're like okay. okay. So he's an A and R guy at Roadrunner.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And, then, and then yeah, so that that first record comes out and is received really well, I guess. Like because it got yeah. us on Roadrunner. So
0: right. Yeah. So um, when. So I, mm-hmm, I want to ask some questions. I'm trying to figure out which one I want to ask first. Do you're so you're still new at singing at this point, right? This is still very new for you.
2: Yeah, i have like I'm like making it up as I go. <laughs> I'm very. I'm just trying to emulate people that I, I'd be like. How would Lane Staley sing this bit? Right. Emulate it, but it's not him. Sounds like me emulating him. How would Daryl sing this? Like right you know how like i was really into this band into another um and their singers incredible really high range so i was trying to steal a bit of that without even knowing how to sing but i was like (laughs) that's the sound i want and like i couldn't find anyone else to sing like i didn't i don't know anyone that sings at all so i was like i guess i'm just gonna have to figure this out like if that's what i want it to sound like and yeah i just like i said the I, it was just me trying to emulate my favourite singers, and and again, I wasn't ever seeing it going anywhere. I was like, "Ah, oh, I'll never be a singer." Like, oh. you know, let's just ride this out whilst it's here. You know, we got it's going well, but I'll just ride it out. Do the LP, like, for, you know, no one's ever going to remember us. Like, and yeah, I was just like I said, I was just trying. I I should have. It's mad because the pandemic has made me a better singer by not touring. Okay. I finally got to be a bedroom singer.
0: I finally got to
2: be someone that like listens to their body and learns techniques and had a few singing lessons since the pandemic. Um, Before that, I I had no idea. The only things I ever got told about singing were when we would record with this guy called Atko who recorded our, Demo the LP teaser thing, our seven-inch, and some demos for the record, mm-hmm. the LP. Um, he was a really good singer, so he would kind of give me tips like, okay, you know. But you can't, you can tell someone all that stuff, but it's the years of practice that make you a good singer, or sometimes people are just naturally good, right? Um, so yeah, I was just you know making it up as I went along, a lot of emulation and a lot of sore throats on tour a lot of you know a lot of like fuck what am i doing i'm well out of my depth um and then yeah like i said for me the pandemic's been kind of sick in this sense that like i'm finally like a bedroom musician i've had all this stuff stuck in my bedroom being able to watch these videos on youtube of how to do techniques and trying them out every day in a comfortable environment where i've had enough sleep and i don't have a sore throat from being on like an airplane like and being able to connect these dots before that I was just throwing shit at the wall and seeing what stuck you know right. there was no technique there was no you know there was no <laughs> technique there was no consistency like you know on that I remember I actually know on that first record you know I could never sing like that again like some of the way the way I sang some of those harsh lower vocals on that record is like I couldn't do that that wasn't like a technique that was just I was kind of sick at the time and then I ride my voice (laughs) right from all these takes and obviously the later takes are the ones that gets used right so by that point my voice was just fucking so hoarse and like low and like and that's just what the record came out like you know that I can't I can't emulate that live and you know so
1: (laughs) screwed yourself over
2: (laughs) yeah I did yeah it was a lot of a lot of trial and error and you know singing is such an insane thing it's 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 a lot to learn about it I definitely if I'd had a plan I would have spent a good four years learning to sing then done the back right you know what I mean yeah Would have done home demos practice listen to things taken advice built take my time built this thing but instead it was just like just jump straight in at the deep end where you're here you go like let's do this like
0: yeah man but that's hardcore that's That's (laughs) yeah and that is that's all i knew isn't it that's
2: all i knew like we fucking hated bedroom musicians we hated people that tried it's not cool to try is it
0: nah no it's just um yeah exactly just just grab what you got and get on with it
2: yeah but looking back and now i look back and i'm like oh so all these people i looked up to probably 90 90 percent of them actually did really try Like, and <laughs> this, what I'm hearing is years of trial and error and other bands and cru- honing a craft. And right. they didn't just turn up one day and were amazing. Like, I was so naive. Like, you know, yeah. So yeah, singing for me has been an insane journey. I'm, I'm Like I said, it, it, I've, I've always loved singing. I've never done it until Higher Power mm-hmm. started. So, you know, it's really cool that I get this opportunity to learn. But the, you, I'm also just totally showing every trial and error off the process along the way that everyone for everyone to listen to
0: so well, that's great I think that's really exciting so let's let's hear some of your early out then what, right. <laughs> um, if we have to pick a song from Soul Structure what would you yeah. go for
2: um I'm gonna <laughs> choose I'll choose Hole okay. because there's a section in that song the middle eight well, like, um, I can't remember the real lyrics because we've been making fun of it for so long. <laughs> Where I go, I suck my ball to the skin and bones, yay! <laughs> Which is, I would never do that now. This right. vocal flow was just me trying to rip off Bad Brains.
0: Okay, like,
2: yeah. <laughs> I, like, I would that—that's not anything I would naturally do. Like, but i'd say it, it
0: incorporates all of my like influences yeah so let's go for hole cool let's uh, well let's listen out for that yeah. then in the middle yeah, like this it. is uh, a hole by high power
1: <laughs> so let's talk about 27 miles underwater yeah. so you're signed to roadrunner yeah you're as you said when you you put this band together or when you're talking about it you were like, let's emulate all these roadrunner bands and stuff and so ne- next thing you know you're on the roster happy days yeah. <laughs> um so uh what's the album about all about tell us about it
2: um so like i was saying i went through this like transformative period which everyone goes through um in there i i feel like you know your early to to your early 20s to your late 20s a lot of things change and that's just basically like my me uh writing down my experiences with people change my me changing a lot people around me changing like I said I I I started off having this type apprenticeship thinking I was settled thinking I was older than I was had I got a dog I was living with a girl We were together a good few years, you know, like to me suddenly being like, oh, everyone around me is changing and I'm changing. And I'm not really like all these friends I thought I had and these people I thought I had so much in common with. Like, maybe I don't. Maybe I maybe I don't because also maybe I wasn't being true to myself. You know, a lot of that kind of stuff, like maybe I was being naive about this, like. I'm going to live a lot longer than I thought. Like I can't, you know, like I need to start being more honest with myself and other people about stuff. And, you know, like I had, I had a girlfriend at the time for a long time and I didn't want to be in a relationship at all. It wasn't for me, but I was also like, she'll just leave me. It's cool. She'll get, (laughs) she'll get sick of me being a shit boyfriend and she'll leave me. It's fine. And, you know, and then that in turn, made her act out a lot towards me and I, right. that shit, you know we were both changing so much you know you know we've gone from being like early 20s to actually both needing jobs and we're living together and she's trying to find her place in the world I'm trying to find my place in the world and whilst the whole time I'm like I should have this conversation and I should break up with you but I'll just leave it to when it happens you know like very immature okay. very classic boy trying to not deal with the the real problem at hand and running away from it. You know, and it's just a accumulation of all that happening and and cert, like I said, certain, friend, certain people I was friends with where I was like, I don't think I wanna be friends with that person anymore. Like the way I've evolved, they don't have a use in my life anymore. And you know, that can be really hard to deal with and accept because you can feel like you're the problem and other people can tell you you're the problem when you don't want to be involved in certain things anymore when really, it's fine. Like, it's just natural, isn't it, that we all move on and we ebbs and flows, and people aren't right for you forever, and friendships aren't always what they need to be when you get to where you're going. So, you know, it's just literally like my nearly a diary of my experiences with relationships to me and the world and other people through my through being, you know, twenty-one to twenty-seven. Like, and it's seven-year cycle theory that I was really into you know I was like reading all this stuff about it and I was like oh fuck all of these things have just happened to me and I'm 27 like oh my god like and I'm super into spiritual stuff like I want to believe it's real I want to believe there's magic in the world like I it's it, I love all that stuff like um so like I'm really easily drawn into like theories about stuff like that and and feelings and and energies and stuff so I was also reading a lot about that stuff so that's where the 27 miles comes from this seven year cycle theory that I was really into at the time that that I could relate all of my life to you know mm-hmm. like I was like fuck this is all this is all me this is all happening to me like you know you read something and it's probably just coincidence but right you're like oh my god Like, so. You know, it was a lot it was it was that, yeah, all of that put into a record and like I said, like just me trying to write songs to understand and convey this to people, like
1: yeah. Yeah, awesome. Um, and you worked with Gil Norton. It is that's right, isn't it? Gil. Yeah, Not, Gil Norton, yeah. Gil. Um for people that don't know, he has worked with uh, some little bands such as foo fighters pixie his jimmy world feeder dashboard confessional son, of dork, son <laughs> yes, of dork very important um how was you mentioned when we we're talking about the first album like you were super excited to go and work with that dude in london for three days yeah you must have been like losing your shit going to work with um a producer like that how was that oh
2: man it was so sick like i remember just being like how has this happened like I remember the fo- I-, I was at my mom's in between. So I dropped my dog off at my mum's every tour. She looked after him. And I remember I was dropping him off. And I said, I'll always stay the night before I go away. And we were like about to fly to America for this tour with Not Loose, I think. Or I think it was that tour anyway. I might be wrong. But we are about to fly to America either way. My mum's like, I'm on the phone to Ricky, our A&R guy at Roadrunner he's sorting this thing like do you want to work with like yeah Gil's down to work with you he did Foo Fighters and he did like Jimmy Weld and shit you know like and I'm like fuck like no way and I just remember my mom I remember going to my mom being like she's like who are you on the phone to like why are you on the phone to an American guy like you know she was a bit like I think she doesn't she doesn't live the same lifestyle as me so you know that she she will always be like oh how 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 do you know these people like how do you get into contact how does this phone call work you know I'm like oh we're assigned to an American label this is you know and she's like oh yeah that you know like I think she was found it cool that I was like kind of doing that and I was like yeah you'll never guess what like I was just on the phone talking to a guy beca- at the label because we're gonna do the next record with this guy Gil who and she loves Foo Fires so I was like and he did the Foo Fires like record like and she i'm just just she was like oh my god wow that's so cool and i was like yeah like that's so sick like i I can't believe it like how exciting you know i knew and i i was telling her because i knew in to someone like her that that would translate as a cool thing you know right like you know everything else i don't like i remember when we played download for the first time and she was like i can't believe we're playing download like and because she knows what it is she doesn't know what anything else is like Really, that we do, you know, like to me playing United right. Blood in Richmond with like fucking like all these current hardcore bands that I love is like the fucking coolest thing. But to her, it goes over her head, so she's yeah. like, "Oh, okay, yeah as long as she's safe, you know." Like, cool. <laughs> I, I finally get to play like a thing she knows about. And she's like, "Oh my god, like wow, aren't you excited?" And I'm like, "Oh, I've done Wake, all the thing. Like this is cool. <laughs> I've also done a lot of my other childhood dreams have come true already, Mum." Like you know, like, fucking, um, it's it's sick, but yeah, I've done many exciting things, you know, so that's why I'm not jumping through the fucking walls, because, like, my whole life is just that exciting, it's crazy, like, you know, I get to live this dream every day, like, but yeah, so I remember telling her, and, you know, I remember we were all so excited, but we were all very, uh, like, we went in, like, but this guy ain't gonna tell us what to do like he you know like he better <laughs> not try and change us like <laughs> he better not fucking try and try and change us like it, you know like so we are all very excited and couldn't believe we were there but we're all very obviously young men like yeah, dude, like, but I ain't taking, you know, he better not try and make us sound like this. And he better not, you know, like, and, and then obviously when we got there, we were like, oh, you want us to play the song, the verse two times instead of four? Yeah, yeah, cool, we'll do it. Like, <laughs> whatever you say, Gil, like, you you, you know, like, we always, and it was really good. It was such a fucking good time. Like, we got to live in this little fucking village for like a month over summer in like, oh, where was it? It was near Siren Sister, and it was like real nice. Um, And you know, we got to do pre-production for like a week, where we'd play the songs in the studio, and like, you know, we'd be like, "Yeah, this bit's not quite there." This, and we'd be like, "What do you mean, man? It's there." Like, and then we'd be (laughs) like, "Nah, yeah, yeah, you're right. Let's actually like think about this, like, you know, like, and just hash out the record." And I, for me, I can't talk for the rest of the band, but for me personally. I had a fucking really good, insightful time there, you know it showed me what what you it showed me how to work on the level where you're like, you know what you have to do to be to to be a certain level off like to make a good record, what goes into what goes into making a good record, the time, the thought process, you know it showed mm-hmm. me all of that, and I learned so much from it and just had such a good time and I think his input was so so like you know crucial to what we needed to push it to the next level and work outside of our boundaries you know so and I, not, I don't know if everyone else in the band feels that way I don't want to say it for them mm. um, you know musicians are very fickle people we're all kind of crazy so I wouldn't ever try and speak <laughs> for them but for me personally that was such a good time man like really opened me up to like okay I need this is what we need to do like how we need to operate like Songwriting wise, all
1: of this shit, right like, yeah. We um we've spoken a lot already about kind of influences and stuff like that, and I, I'm always interested to hear about influences on on bands that I enjoy and that I that I like listening to. But for you guys, it seems like I mean I was listening literally an hour before we started this chat. I thought right, headphones in, I'm going to have a proper. I've listened to it a lot, but you know, it's there's nothing like just kind of really concentrating yeah. and for me as like a fan it takes me on this journey of like it's like you've looked through my cd <laughs> cabinet <Yeah. laughs> or probably to sound a bit cooler my spotify playlist yeah. and you've gone like right we're gonna have a bit of that we're gonna have a bit of that we're gonna have a bit of that and it's like there's like 90s brick rock in there there's yeah. metal there's glass jaw hardcore melodic stuff it's like fucking hell you could it's like you could play bingo (laughs) (laughs) ticking them all was that like intentional or
2: yeah i'd say it was like pretty intentional just because like i like i said i like so much music i'm not just like into just one thing at all um there's and i go and i go through phases you know what i mean like I'll go through like a month where I literally only listen to Jimmy E. World. like, and I'll be like, I need to write a song like this. And then I'll go for a month where I'll listen to like, like a lot of nineties hardcore. And I'll be like, man, I need, we need to bring some groove into it like this. And yeah, it's, it's, it's just an accumulation of, I think pent up creativity that I kind mm. of shied away from. Like, like I said, it it it's, this this transformation where I went from like being in involved in this hardcore world where like it was like okay you can't like anything outside of hardcore it's not cool to say that it's not cool (laughs) to say you actually really like Blink-182 over Breakdown do you know what I mean like but so I, I had all this like pent up kind of like music that I'd always wanted to write, but it wasn't cool and I couldn't quite find the people to help me put it together. And I I was too young to really like understand like standing up for yourself and being like, no, I like this unashamedly, like fuck it all. Who cares? You know, those younger insecurities kind of kept it at bay. And then it was like, yeah, you know what actually I fucking love Oasis. Like I fucking love Sam I Am and Jimmy Wilde. Well, like I want, I fucking love Funeral for a Friend. Like yeah, you know, I want to bring that in. But I also love like Leeway, you know, and I also like I also love like Orange Nine Millimeter and this groovy hardcore and shit, you know. So that was, and I want to keep that for a live energy, you know, like that. So it was like it is just like you're saying it's an accumulation of like the only way I can put it is like a a pent up accumulation of everything I've ever wanted to write and then I finally had the confidence to just bring in all of these elements and be like I I like emo I like a fucking good glam rock chorus I like Mm. a fucking good oasis acoustic ballad style song like I don't give a fuck anymore like (laughs) I'm just writing what I want to hear do you know what I mean like you know I like it all I don't give a fuck who cares if my friends think I'm lame like this is who I am this is everything that I like you know like I maybe I couldn't do that ever again maybe it was a time and a place thing but yeah that's what you're hearing it, yeah essentially, like you're saying because I grew I, I like it all man I fucking love less than Jake They're one of my favorite bands ever like they taught me about like harmony and melody and under melodies, you know, like, Scarpunk Punk did that for me. Do you know what I mean? Like, and that's in there. You would never know it, but that's all in there. Like, you know, like fucking Pennywise is in there. Like, like all of it, everything I've ever liked, like I said, from like fucking Metallica to like fucking Jimmy Eat World is like there. Mm-hmm. Like, and I just finally, right place, right time. This, all this confidence came as one and I just let it all out like and that's the only way I can describe it I guess
1: like, yeah I, I mean fair play I think it's awesome like it it really I'm not just saying this because we're talking to you but it really like you kind of feel like you're going on a on a bit of a journey and you're going one way and you think okay right here we go we're going yeah. we're going a bit kind of uh 90s brick rock now and then suddenly yeah. it's like fucking slap in the face and we're off to you know, as I said, like a bit of a glass jaw um, yeah, yeah. vocal or something. And it's like, fucking hell, it keeps you on your toes.
2: Yeah. Oh, that's <laughs> sick, man. I'm glad it translates that way that, like you said, it keeps you on your toes. And, it, and like I said, because I think the majority of the world is exactly like, I come from a very niche scene where yep. there is a lot of insecurity. It's a beautiful place. It's like, I can't, I wouldn't change it, but there is a lot of insecurity. Right. And like, but we all grew up listening to like everything. Like you know, like why shy away from it? Like
1: yeah, too right. Um, let's play a song then. So um, let's play another track off that album. Are there any uh, songs that you want to play?
2: Um, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll say Rewire because I mentioned Funeral for a Friend, and I that's one of the funny songs where I think the the verse riff was like oh everyone in the band was like this is like leeway like some glam rock like new york hardcore stuff and i and i just heard it as a kind of almost like funeral for a friend-esque riff and was like you know and i think if i didn't look at it that way maybe it would have never got used because i would have been like oh I, I don't i don't know how to approach this but right i just took this influence that like most people probably wouldn't think is cool and applied it to that and that's how you get the verse from that song. And I really it's one of my favorites. It's quite a short one as well. It's short and catchy and yeah.
1: Nice. Okay. So this is Rewire 101 by Higher Power.
0: Um so we're gonna we're gonna kind of talk about the future a little bit just to kind of round things off if that's right with you. So pretty exciting time new single out massive tour coming up in america yeah how do you how you how you how are you guys feeling at the moment um so if i'm being honest as a band it's
2: at the point where like i think it would be like we either give up or we like just fight
0: because okay
2: we've had we released an album and it went basically went straight into the pandemic. So, and then we, we've now, we're now not on Roadrunner. Okay. Like that's all disin- disintegrated. And we've agreed to do this U S tour. Um, I'll, I'll just lay it out because I think we yeah, like, don't really, I think it, to the outside world, being in a band is incredible and, and things just happen, but I like to kind of expose these, these things, to show what being in a band really is like to people um, because I was very naive uh, for a long time. But so, yeah, we agreed to do this U S tour when we had roadrunner given us, pay okay. for visas and all this stuff. Mm. Since then they've, they've disintegrated. I'm not really sure what's going on with roadrunner, but we are no longer with them. There's, okay. I don't know. There's no boss there. There's no one. I can't really speculate on exactly what has happened because the music world is crazy and no one informs you. All I know is that we're not on Roadrunner and there might not be a Roadrunner. Wow. Um, and we've agreed to do this US tour and it's we're basically back to, we're doing this tour and we're going to lose money on it. But, oh, mate. Yeah, so like, because there's no financial supporter, which mm-hmm. is what you need to do what Higher Power does. Um, on top of that, like our guitar player quit, who was an integral part of songwriting um so we've 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 had to learn this new dynamic like I write a lot of it right it it was very much teaming up with him Mm. and my brother and Mm. so that that links kind of be broken so we need we're we're at the moment exploring this this new dynamic and where that's going to take us but we also don't have a label to fund anything like demoing or whenever how to even record the next record we also haven't been able to tour to accumulate money as a band so -hmm. we're currently like kind of in debt um because of what we what the obvious reasons of sure there being a pandemic and no one can tour for two years so that money's run dry that we've made as a band the business like um so yes it's very we would never give up. Like I'm not saying, but I'm saying we're right at the point where most bands would go, all right, we had fun. We yeah. were on a major label. It ruined us. Like <laughs> like the classic tale of a lot classic of Classic story, band. yep. But we're not, you know, we're, we're forging on. We're going to take the debt that comes with going to America as a UK unsigned band and do it because we love it and we want to do it. And um, we're talking to a couple of other labels at the moment. So, we, you know, it's not all doom and gloom and yeah, we're, we're just, like I said, we're exploring this new dynamic of, of, of writing as a four piece Mm -hmm. with where we're at after two years of not really being able to like be in the same room all the time. Right. You know, like everyone's life has changed dramatically in these two years because this whole thing has just changed everyone and put different things in perspective. Like, you know, we've all grown into different people, but separately now because we've not been on tour all the time so you know it's, it's very much like oh where do we go from here like what's the new di- where are you at in life where am i in life and i'm not talking of terms of touring we all we all want to tour we'll fucking die on the road that's all we mm. live to do i'm talking like musically and then mm. so like so we recorded Fall from grace as our last little like we knew roadrunner was maybe gonna disappear or or just drop us so we're like, fuck, let's try and squeeze another single mm-hmm. or, or like, you know, little recording session for luxury out of them whilst we can. Okay, manage right. to get full from grace out of it. And that was also a song where it was like, look, I wrote this song and can play it on guitar.
1: Okay. So if we
2: don't ever find another guitarist, this might be the direction this takes, you know? Right. Yeah. Um, and I can play and sing this song I, I I wrote it all, you know, mm-hmm. like this is what we have right now and we all like that, we all love this song. We can all yeah. agree on it. It's the first one that I can sing and play, you know, that I that that, that I was gonna anyway before our, our guitar player quit. Okay. Like, you know, um I'm sure free guitars would have come in eventually at some at some point anyway. So um that, you know, it's kind of leaning towards that way when we are writing anyway. So um you know, we just just like like fuck it. Let's try and get at least one more thing just to put out to show people where we're at creatively mm-hmm. right now with what we have. Um, so yeah, it's it's an insane time for Higher Power right now, honestly. On if I'm like like I said, if I'm being honest, like it's a very tough and insane time for us, but we we want to figure it out and make it work. So right now, I don't really have too much of I couldn't really tell you exactly like how it's going to go. Like with Mm. any good news, you know, I'm not like, oh, well, we have this coming up and this coming up. All I'm saying is we're just writing and exploring where that takes us and what we're all happy with and, you know, whether it represents us all. And we're also talking to other labels Mm -hmm. to try and, you know, keep to try and finance a new record whenever that, so it might, it'll be delayed because, you know, we should be, we basically wrote a whole record during the lockdowns right and then our guitar player leaves our record label drops us or disappears i whatever's happened um so uh you know a lot of that's in the air uh we're now like fuck well we need to write as a four piece to see where that takes us so you know step sets us back a couple steps right um and yeah we'll see what comes out at the end of it um yeah all we I know this. is that we just want to tour when now we can you know as as long as we're back on the road we're happy and we're having the fucking best time because that seems to be where we thrive and i'm sure once we can get back to touring then it will just fall in place you know because right all, you know it will just happen as it happens you know like
0: yeah. right well that sounds um it sounds like you it sounds like and really hear that things are a bit of a challenge at the moment but I feels yeah. like as you say like there's something about touring and about moving that kind of gets everything kind of rolling again
2: yeah 100%. so I guess
0: so yeah is there if you um I often wonder at the moment with like the way that nobody makes any money out of streaming and stuff what, yeah. what is the best way for fans to support you guys at the moment
2: just to buy merch um yeah that's I if it. that was it. yeah it's just to buy merch <laughs> and then we were lucky enough that we kind of just like roadrunner just like well we didn't really get an answer i don't think but we basically just like yeah we're just going to put fall from grace out on the tape and sell it to try and make some money
0: amazing and hope
2: we don't <laughs> hope they don't sue us if they ever get get some staff again or some shit um so yeah Ow. like yeah it's just all merch sales man like that was the thing I, I again like to lay it out I don't know how I don't want to make the podcast too long but um being in a band is like we we didn't really make any money off being the band like right the money we made through touring was cash from like a good merch to a couple good merch sales at the end of the tour that was split between us and then a lot of it was like the only reason higher power could kind of live and tour as much as we did is because we had a major label giving us tour support Mm -hmm. that would cut, that would break down any losses. That means we could take any profits and put it back into us being able to pay our rent. And now that's gone. Being in a band really is really hard to fucking pay the rent off just your own back at the size that we are. Right. You know, and we were just breaking through into like the guarantees were getting bigger, you know, like, so like, again, like, you know, people are like, oh my God, I can't believe you get to tour every time I die. That's so sick. But to do that, we, we only got paid 150 pound a show. Wow. Like, oh my God, you get to tour America with such and such, or you get to do this bear tooth tour and it's like, yeah, we're only getting like 250 a show that just about covers the cost of the van for the day. Wow. You know, we, yeah and it's like yeah we get to do this all and make but then just before the pandemic with the new album coming out it was finally like we were getting paid enough to like actually make money off the guarantees
1: mm-hmm. but then
2: none of them happened because you know like it all got cancelled so it was like fuck and yeah, you know, so it's uh it's 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 tough man it's definitely like a, we all glamorize it on our instagrams we post a sick photos like tour's going so well i got to play bricks academy but what people don't know is that, like, I didn't make a penny off playing Bricks and Academy, like, and we probably sold about 150 quid's worth of merch, which just covers the van costs for the day to get there. So I'm probably not even after paying a driver as well and shit. So and petrol and London congestion charges. So it's like, right. you know, it's a glamorous <laughs> life, but it's not very lucrative and takes a long time to get there. But hopefully we can get back, you know, back there once it's back on the road and things keep moving and you know like you it the financial side is like if we could make a living off tour and it would give us all the time in the world between tours to Mm -hmm. invest in writing more and not having to work in between and squeeze playing in and make it part-time and then it's full-time touring, you know it's like uh yeah. But I just like I always like to be transparent about the struggles of being in a being in a medium level underground band yeah.
1: <laughs> well uh, pull it pull it this, there's there's one bright side you've got one less person to split the money with now
2: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> that's
1: so, true that's very really you know, true you always got to find the positives <laughs> always, always that's what i'm the
2: positives true. Yeah, like, is true yeah like i said i'm not i'm not complaining of this i'm having the time of my life it's just Great. Right. It's just never as simple as um, Instagram kind of, yeah, you know, leads you to believe, which is yeah. And I
0: think it's really. probably important for everybody in every industry or everything in the world, right? Yeah. Instagram is, uh, yeah, not the not the greatest for for the truth of anything.
2: Yeah, exactly. So, but like, um, dude, we're not giving up anytime soon. That's for sure. Like, it, we're we're hundred percent in on it. Like, whatever we have to do to make it happen, we've come this far, and yeah, it's all. So I don't have any really good news or any good plans, but <laughs> all I can tell you is it's better for us and we're going to have the fucking best time.
0: That's, yeah, man. Lit, like, really. Yeah, and I believe it too. Yeah, right. Um. Awesome. So thank you so much for talking to us today. This has been all an right. absolute pleasure, man. Really enjoyed it. I'm
2: glad. We um, really
0: if we, I don't know, should we play on Fallout 4 Fall from Grace?
2: Yeah, yeah, do it, man. I, I really love that song, like... I'd be happy okay. for people to hear it if they've never heard higher power before. It's uh well, yeah, it's, very, it's a very me song, you know, it's a awesome. very my my influence in higher power. It's a very <laughs> this is what I can bring to the table as the wine drinking, we smoking hippie that, and now I am. <laughs> I can bring you fucking space rock anthems all day. Like, so. yeah, man.
0: That's all I'm here for. All we're here for is space yeah. rock. Yeah. Just get stuck in. Space so rock every-
2: emo anthems.
0: Yeah, man. Yeah, exactly. Um, thank you so much for being with us. Um, everybody you. out there, buy a t shirt. This is. Yeah, um, we
2: have merch that's gone up online today from the Neck Deep Tour. So
0: get in, it's get there. stuck in. Yeah. Um. This is Full from
1: Grace by Higher Power.
0: What a lovely man.
1: Lovely guy. Really, really loved that chat.
0: Yeah, really good. Mind blown by his description of where the like the reality of bands right now.
1: Yeah, that's. It doesn't bode well, does it? Really, no. <laughs> Anyone.
0: Like it we need to come on, everybody. We can do better than that, can't we? We need to buy, we need <sighs> to buy a lot. He's going to buy a ticket. I just go and buy a ticket, don't I, really? I mean, like, yeah, yeah part of the problem. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> need to buy, start buying more
0: merch. Yeah. Yeah. Merch budget. Maybe I'll buy like, maybe that'll be a thing. Maybe I can buy like a, like a t shirt of the month.
1: Yeah. Think of it as like a, Almost like a charitable donation to yeah. whoever you want to support.
0: Yeah, that's good. Cause we should you all know, do it. We should all do it. Because I don't know if like we've talked about this on Emo podcast, but I don't own a single piece of band merch
1: currently. No. And I've started buying some like in the last year or so, like a bit of a midlife crisis maybe. Okay. I, I used to have shitloads when I was yeah, cool. Yeah. And then I started phasing it all out, and now i'm like a bit like jimmy was saying i'm like fuck it i don't care anymore <laughs> i'm gonna go and do the school <laughs> run with a glass jaw t-shirt on yeah fuck yeah <laughs> fuck yeah cool dad cool dad vibes
0: so, um uh, yeah
1: okay well let's do that then let's start buying merch all right nailed it um right so if, thank- if people could donate to our tip jar so that we can then buy
0: merch yeah do that yeah, so we'll, we'll pass it on and at some point, there will be some emo dad merch. But like, I'm just teasing that because we haven't talked about it or got off our ass about it. But like, I've vaguely designed it. But well, like, we have a design.
1: We've got a design. We just haven't actually done anything about it. I, I didn't and, tell you. I, I showed it to one person and he said he would definitely buy one. <laughs> okay. So we've got one sale. Nailed it. <laughs> if you are interested in emo dad merch, then let us know. And if we have enough people interested, then maybe we'll make it happen. Yeah, exactly. Um,
0: Thank you, everyone, for listening, as always. Uh, Tip jar, as Buck said, put some money in that and we'll buy some T-shirts and we'll help, you know, build the UK scene. Um, Follow button. There's a follow button. Follow the Emo Dad podcast. Good times. We've got a new bit of nonsense coming out every Monday um review rating review do that very important you give us a review what we think it's important is it important we don't know (laughs) i'm sure it serves some purpose sounds important um so it's very important it is more than four and less than six that's what we're very very important we're looking for the big five ones on that um you can send us an email at emodadpodcast at gmail.com if you really like,
1: you know, I don't know, like long-form
0: communication.
1: I still haven't received one yet. No, I know. From from anyone. Be the first to
0: email the dad podcast. Including the people that
1: I've emailed. (laughs) (laughs) I'm starting to wonder if it even works.
0: Yeah, yeah, test if it works. Send us an email that says test. Um... (laughs) Uh, do that. What else have we got? Instagram. Follow us on Instagram. emo our podcast uh, forward slash geosites.com.
1: And I think that's it. Yeah. Should we, uh, should we play another Higher Power song to finish?
0: Uh, yeah. I was thinking Seamless. We didn't play that earlier, did we? No. All right. Let's do that. Um, everyone, please enjoy Seamless by Higher Power. And we will catch you next time.